Hello and welcome to Netflix with the Cinema, the podcast that goes to the cinema each week, sees a couple of things, rates them out of five, stays at home, sees some things, rates them out of five, and then sees where our money has been better spent this week. And um, my name is Tosin. I am the host that is quickly realizing that cinemas, cinemas need to hope that more people don't have kids because that's just going to ruin their bottom line because no one's going to be able to make it to the mm-hmm. cinema. Uh, uh, I'm based in a place called Bromsgrove near Birmingham. And joining me as always on the Isle of Wight is Sean Harris. Hello. And joining us somewhere in West London, walking down the road while trying to go get a train to go to Covent Garden, is a London correspondent, Holly Nestling. Hello. Yes, because Holly, that's just the kind of life that you live. Now, we have about five minutes. (laughs) Yes. We have about five minutes before you have to get onto a train. So we are going to jump right in with our first cinema thing, which is something that you've seen, and that is Priscilla. So do you want to just tell us quickly about Priscilla? Um, We'll give you five minutes. Go for it. Okay, so Priscilla is about Priscilla Presley. It is based upon a book that she wrote in the 1980s called Something Along the Lines of My Life with Elvis. And it covers the time of her marriage to Elvis Presley. Um, it's, well, and before, from when they first meet when she's 14 and he's 24. Yeah, um, that's... Which that's... is <laughs> creepy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, that's one of those things that got glossed over in the Elvis story. <laughs> yeah, so she was very young and at the age of 17 ends up moving from Germany to the US to live with them. So it's a, it's a lot of, a lot of a very, very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. And, uh, it's, and it's all quite well documented that he you know, got her using drugs at the age of 14 and it was a fundamentally quite an abusive relationship really and he probably wasn't a terribly nice person. Um, which I don't think is any kind of surprise. Um, the film is made by Sofia uh, Coppola and is beautiful. It's very stylish. It um, it really captures the flavour of of the sort of the nineteen fifties through to the um, through to the nineteen seventies when they got divorced um, yeah. and the birth of uh, Lisa Marie and really the sort of the, the downward spiral of their marriage and of and of Elvis. Um, it's uh, it's a very well done film. It's a well acted film. Um, and I say it's beautiful, exactly as you would expect. But it probably lacks a bit of substance. Um, okay. Because arguably there's not that much substance to be found, really. Um, what's a very nice thing about it, it doesn't actually use very much Elvis music, which has a um, which feels a bit incongruous, but actually works very well. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's a it's a well put together enjoyable watch but um doesn't sort of capture your anything um there's there's nothing new to be told it's a pretty film about something that's well that's well known uh worth watching but not massively to be written home about i think okay cool cool yeah because um this is a film that a friend of mine went to see. Uh, I mean, remember a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about the difference of prices of cinemas between um, between Romford in Essex and Central London in, Cent- in Leicester Square, and she went to see yes. it and she she quite liked it. I think she was kind of like, oh no, no that, that good film. Like she 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 actually quite oh, quite liked it. I'm trying to look up exactly what Cindy said because this is Cindy Cindy Drinnen and. Yeah, but which I'll find in a second. But you, you, you're saying you think good film, beautiful but inessential. Yes. Yeah. Did Elvis look? 
Did the actor playing Elvis look like Elvis? Or? Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a fairly good match, and she um, looked you know quite a lot like Priscilla from, as well. They, it was yeah. well cast. I mean, I did from the trailers. I did like the trailers sort of intrigued me because I did like the sort of fashions. And, and yes. do the fashions change like with the time as she gets yeah. older and the relationships yes. are older, so you get those types. Because sometimes yeah, so that, it's... Um, that's what makes a film quite stylish. Sometimes I think. Yeah, so it's beautiful. It is. It is very stylish. The, yeah. uh, the cinematography is good. Costumes are good. The acting is good. It's. You know, I got to the end and said that was good. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> not the use of the word good, but. Not, you know, my my life has not been trans transformed by it, um, but I don't think I expected to be. I think I expected it to be a bit more than it was, and I can't no. tell you why I thought that. Well, yeah, no, but, I um, mean, it, it it is sort of your couple, and that that is kind of like you know, br dreamy sort of like beautiful looking things is what she does. I, I heard somebody refer to this as part of her sad girl films, which is which is. Yeah. Yeah, she she does tend to do. She sort of she she lives in melancholy, shall I say, with Sofia Coppola. That a lot of her films are melancholic. They are not. They're not. Like, essentially, it would be weird to see her direct a Marvel movie. Let me put it that way. But yeah. Okay, so yeah, sad sad girl seems about right. It's <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's I say it's it's beautiful and, right. and, and lovely. But yeah, a bit yeah, it's insubstantial. But I'm not sure where it could have got substance from. All right. Okay, so I've gotten, I've got, I found the the thing that Cindy sent through to me. So Cindy Drennan, I told you I'll give you a name drop on the podcast, and she says, uh, she says, ooh, ooh, can I get a name drop on the podcast? There you are, you're welcome. She says, I would, um, I would love that. I thought it was elegant, delicate, well thought out. It dealt with the subtle and sometimes not too subtle power plays very well. Good, um, um, good soundtrack, maybe to be expected. It wasn't Elvis though. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's all. I think that's all very fair. All right, cool. So, how many stars would you give Priscilla? I would agree with all of those comments. Yeah, how many yeah. stars? How many stars would you give Priscilla? Three. Three. Three, three stars three. for three stars for Priscilla to to kick us off and oh, bang on your five minutes as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bang on your five minutes. I am, oh. and I am now muting. Okay, cool. All right, so Holly's muting because I could hear the train in the background. And now we are going to go over to Netflix and Friends. And Sean, there was something, because we had to go quite quickly, I have been really bad at figuring out exactly what it is you said you'd seen at home. That was it, Monarch. Monarch. Monarch, have, yes. We, we, are recording, well, we are recording on Zoom. We are recording on Zoom, and you have a big, massive honking clue in the background, <laughs> on your <laughs> Zoom background, and I still forgot. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so um, yeah, the, the the last episode was was Friday. Um, yeah. So obviously, I've been watching this because after, and we can't, you know, you know, our criteria is you've got to see the whole series. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna watch a TV show, you have to watch the entire series before you bring it into the show because it's not yeah. care. It's not fair to put an incomplete story up against movies. That's it exactly. Yeah. So so okay. So do you want me to fire away? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll say far away, and also I think I think you you were about to say, and I think I cut you off. I'm sorry that it's like after the the fact that we have um, our review of Godzilla minus one, which is which is on so Godzilla minus one is on our YouTube channel. We got a review of that. Sean did a review of that. It is now our most watched YouTube channel by about a thousand view. Uh, 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 our most watched YouTube video by about a thousand views. And it's still going. People are still watching it. People are still loving what Sean said. So I think it's quite good. I think one of the things we mentioned in that review was 
the difference between a Japanese take on Godzilla and a uh, Hollywood American take on what the heck? I don't know. Random. All of a sudden, <laughs> a whole bunch of balloons just showed up on my screen on Zoom. And, what, what, what happened there? <laughs> anyway, never mind. Never mind. So, um, the difference between a Japanese take on Godzilla and an American Hollywood take on Godzilla. So, I think it's quite good that you, you with that going along, you now have Monarch to talk about the American take on Godzilla and that kind yeah. of world. So, fire away. Tell us about tell us about Monarch. Okay. Well, after um, it starts off. So, after the the twenty fourteen Godzilla. You, you you get these you, you meet a couple of people that um their father I'm trying to think of the name now Hiroshi's father was the father of these two siblings or ones as their step siblings yep and they they're going they're going through the affairs of uh, of their father of their deceased father and they find all this all this interesting stuff about different facilities and titans and all sorts of things and they recruit um this 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 girl who's good with the old computers and that, and she cracks into these files, and and then there's sort of all this information come up, and then you you, you flick back to um, like just after the war and the Trinity test and the the Bravo Castle Bravo test, yeah. and it turns out that this Castle Bravo test was to actually try and destroy the Godzilla. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, from so although it was a test, although it was advertised as a test and everything. So basically, the the whole story is it's, it's, it's ten episodes, and they <coughs> obviously get deeper into you know what's going on, and and they become more intrigued, and you meet lots of different characters. Like there's someone who's high up in the government who's like, oh, you know, we, we're closing on our program. What's quite interesting is you've got um, Lee Shaw, this Lee Shaw character is played by um, Kurt Russell. Oh yeah, Kurt Russell. That's in, yeah, that's that's in the later episodes, and then uh, the the when it goes back earlier in time, it's played by his son. Yes, um, why? Russell Russell's in in Night Swim that I did last time. Yes. So yeah, so they, they <laughs> yeah, so so anyway, so yeah, so that they become more investigated and they they get detained, but Lee Kurt Russell uh, says, you know, you go escape. We've got to find these people, and they go and they manage to escape and. They, they pop up into Alaska, um, and and one of the Titans appears, and they it's attracted to fire. And then it's just episodes like that, and it becomes more and more intriguing. And it's it's yeah. So okay. so it's so it's it's like a narrative story where the story carries on throughout the whole thing. Or carries is this, on, yeah, and it flips it's not, between it's not... different years. So okay, you cool. like have, and in some episodes it will go back to. The early, the early formation of Monarch. So yep. you're like, you know, how how it starts originally gets formed, what happens, what the, you know, all the intrigue, all the politics, how they get their money, and then you come a bit later and you find out about the Hollow Earth the, theory. Yeah, which um, which shows up in Kong versus Godzilla, or is it Godzilla versus Godzilla, Kong? Yeah. Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, Kong. So Kong. Um, and yeah. So basically, that's it. So. That's basically the story. Just different things happen in different episodes. Yes. Now, for me, for the whole, I found it because there's not huge amounts of Titans in it. Yes, it's a, it's a lot more about the humans. Yes, yeah, a lot more about the humans. Um, there's a lot of, lot of uh, chat in it, a lot of dialogue, and some of it got a little, you know, like, oh come on, come on, move on, move on, move on. <laughs> I want to see these. I want to see these creatures, you know. But they yes. do give you little in between 
all the episodes they give you you know little bits just to keep you you hooked if you will yeah yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. But, yeah and the last episode well the last episode they just you know i mean the last episode's what you want should we just say okay okay cool oh, no, yeah. no, but the last episode's like you know okay here we are you know what i mean we've been into the hollow earth i'm not going to give too much away but let's just say the final episode it was like yes this is what we want <laughs> what we want so you know you get you get should we say appearances of some of our our, our favorite characters sort well, of pop up yeah because because i think the full the full title is monarch legacy of monsters or something like that isn't it yeah yeah and and, and because this is it's on apple tv which means that they're going to spend money on it but still it's still a tv show and the tv shows have smaller budgets than the films and to quote um she hulk um, Godzilla is expensive, or well, to sort of like paraphrase, <laughs> putting Godzilla on screen is expensive. So I'd imagine that on a TV show, they were going to sort of, they're going to, they're going, they're going to sort of like you know meter out, or they're going to sort of like ration how much Godzilla you get, or how much yeah, how yeah, much yeah. of this how much yeah, things you get. Yeah, yeah. But wait, but so when you say that you finally get, because I think this is eight episodes, isn't it? It's ten. Ten. ten oh, good lord, that's a long, that's a long it number of episodes. Long one. Yeah, yeah, it is a long, long, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so so do you get bored? Okay, so let me put it this way. And, um, a, a li- yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There are, yeah. I mean, I think they could have condensed it a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, no, you're spot on there. You've sort of worked it out. I think I think eight, eight episodes would have been would have been ideal. Maybe even six. Six episodes would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah in, in my head, I'm thinking six episodes is what, is, is what uh, I, I would have thought. But... But okay, so does the final, the final payoff in the final episode does that make up for all the, all the? Mm, not, not. Um, I, I suppose to a point, to a point. But I would say that, I, that a few times of watching the because they would release two, release two. I did find some a little bit too. You know, like you can sometimes lose concentration. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think yeah. that's the difference between going to the cinema and actually seeing something at home yeah. is it's easier to get distracted if if you're not if your attention's not there and there what you know there was a few moments where i was like oh come on you know what i mean there's a melodramatic moments where people are meeting each other and there's like yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. emotion emotional moments which are pretty irrelevant when really you want to know about monarch and what's going on you know so so a lot of melodrama should we say which was i thought was unnecessary yeah, but but at the same time, I also think at the same time that it's if if you're in the cinema, they have more respect for your time. They're not going to sit you down there for ten hours and give <laughs> and give you <laughs> and give you a whole bunch of like you know nothing for a while. And Holly just typed in the group chat. Holly said that yeah, she was about to say that eight episodes sounds better as well. I do think ten yeah. is excessive. I <laughs> I really do think ten is excessive. So yeah, how yeah, many yeah, stars yeah. for Monarch Legacy of Monsters? Overall, um, probably just a three star. I would say a three star for Legacy of Monsters. It was, uh, you know, the moments when some of the Titans did appear, okay, but we should have seen more of that. Yeah, yeah. I, you see, now this is the thing I always, I always think, and going back to a comparison between the Japanese take on Godzilla and the the American take on Godzilla, because from what I understand, in Godzilla minus one, it's it's kind of like a similar thing where there isn't that much. There's not. Like Godzilla's not on screen the whole time or anything like that. No, no. But no, no. it's still engaging and you still care about these characters and you care about the story. But in the yes. American way, and I think the American, you just want to see Godzilla. Like, you just want to see, yeah, because and, 
Because, you know, like in some films, you, you can either get empathy or sympathy or you dislike a character. Yeah. These characters, for me, I didn't find any of them particularly. I was, shall we say, you know, what's, what's the word? Antipathy, I guess. To, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, any of the characters, you know. So, so yeah, so I didn't like think, oh, oh, I really like that character or I hate that character. They were just like. You're just going to like, get off the screen. Get off the screen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for them to make a Godzilla movie, and I think it's supposed to be in it because the way the American ones sell, they sell it on the bombast and everything like that. Where it has no human characters in it, it's just Godzilla. Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla doing his thing. I want to see that film uh, because I, I think, well, that's what I came to see. All right, cool. So that is three stars for Monarchy, Mo- oh, Monarchy, Monarch Legacy of Monster. <laughs> right, and now we go back to cinema, and we're going to talk about the Beekeeper. Now, the Beekeeper, both Sean and Holly have seen this, and I have a feeling that um, Holly has got her knife sharpened and, and actually i reckon oh this is going to be interesting because i don't know what sean would think about this because it's jason statham and jason statham sometimes he does some good things and then sometimes he goes and makes a remake of a sean of a movie that sean liked from the 70s like the mechanic or something like that or killer elite and um yeah so tell me tell me what you okay so holly yes ty, holly you type in the comments what you think Sean, you go away. Tell me about the beekeeper. Tell me what it was about. What do you think? Okay, okay. So the beekeeper basically um, it starts off this this uh, lady gets killed, um, or and this this the neighbour who's who's a beekeeper gets arrested for for um for her death, for possible murder. But yeah. it turns out that it's a suicide. So it's not you know he's um. So he's he's released, and then he finds out that it's this company has sort of robbed her of all her money. She was a member of a charity, and so, uh, she got scammed. She got scammed, and he finds out that loads of other people got scammed. So he decides that he's going to take the revenge on people because sometimes if you get a a, a, a rogue queen bee, it has to be the, the the workers will destroy it. You know, if it goes bad, they have to pound it. That's a thing. So yeah, so. That's what that's what bees do. That's apparently so. You know, they, they take out the 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 the, the badens. Um, and and also beekeeper beekeeper is also like a, a op name for a, you know like a ghost secret CIA agent. Yes. Um, and uh, so yeah, so basically from that, Statham investigates and he does his his real manly stuff of. You know, he's turning up. He's grizzled, grizzled. I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, he's going to basically cause havoc, and he's going to get into this, this, um, you know, this this company that has been ripping people off and all that. And it turns out, I mean, I won't really give any spoilers about who the owner of this company is. Con- well connected, should we say? He's really, really well connected. Yeah. To someone who's incredibly high up. Um, and. Yeah, so basically it's Statham doing his stuff. Um, oh, there's another, there's like, he's a retired beekeeper, but there's this other beekeeper. No, yeah, yeah, it is, it is short. I, th- I think you've given as much story as we need from this thing. <laughs> That's like, what we need, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, this, sure. this is a Jason Statham action movie, so essentially this film could just be called Jason Statham Kills People. And Jason, <laughs> Statham. Jason Statham takes on the world and, yeah. um, and, and everything else and just totally destroys it and... Okay, so I'm going to yeah. give you my thoughts now on this. Movie. Yes, g- give me your thoughts on it because a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that okay. I that I that I've heard about this film is they're very dedicated to to 
to crowbar in as many B metaphors as possible. But yes. give, give me, give me your. For sure. All right. It has some absolute ridiculous moments. It has some absolute stupid, almost fast and furious number ten moments, which I found yep. really, really, really difficult. And yeah, with some Statham films like Safe, which I enjoyed. It's plausible. It's plausible. In this, I just think it's too unplausible. When yep. you know the number of people that he takes out, and I, and I have this argument about if something's if something's plausible, then it's okay. But this was just he. For me, I think he would have been taken out like well before he was. I mean, I don't know what Holly thinks about that it, that business. It, is is this is this like Commando? You know, you know the uh, Schwarzenegger movie Commando. Is it like Commando levels of one man army? Yeah, kind of similar stuff? to that. Similar to that. It's similar. Similar to that. It's it's really really similar to that. Just excuse me, so I've got. Okay, no, no, bro. In the meantime, I will look at because Holly is commenting as we're going along, and I, I think Co Co Holly just said I agree to your last comment, <laughs> to your last yeah. comment about about the sort of one man army thing, a fundamentally ridiculous film. She says, "Yes, a fundamentally and, uh, ridiculous film." Thank you, Holly. I thought you were going to praise this and go, "What a, <laughs> you know, what a, what a masterpiece!" Well, it, it, she says a fundamentally ridiculous film, but she also does say, "But she does like fundamentally ridiculous films." <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah, thing. yeah, but, yeah. That's true. Yeah, but but it it is, and I think she says, "Yes, that's it." And I believe that was in 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 response to when I said that this could just be called Jason Statham kills people. And she's like, yes, that's it. It was a bit gory even by Jason Statham's standards. Not that I mind gore, I don't. I don't. Then she also says, it's very Jason Statham. It was exactly what you would expect. He was really good at making, he is really good at making a particular sort of film and they're a joy to watch, but they are fundamentally S star, star, star films. I don't know what yeah, you could yeah. possibly be talking about there. So, <laughs> that's it. So, well, all those, um, after all those comments, I have to say, I, I I didn't mind it. I did quite. I thought it was quite fun. Ridic yeah. You know, it was quite ridiculous yeah. fun. And um, yeah. So so I'm not. Although I said all that about being harsh over ridiculous, I did still quite enjoy the film. I mean, yep. It was pretty standard Statham stuff. There wasn't a lot going on, um, except in for him like, you know, doing his stuff and taking out three thousand zillion people, um, and not getting a bullet. So I would give it a three star. Give it a three star. How many? Oh, okay, so what accent do you think he was putting on this time? Because sometimes he tries to do kind of like an American accent, and it doesn't really work. <laughs> so, like, what, so yeah, what I accent? didn't even notice the accent. I didn't even notice the accent. Okay, Holly, type in the comments and let us know what you thought. What accent you thought he was putting on in this film? So three stars for the beekeeper. Three stars for the beekeeper. And now we are going to go on to Netflix and Friends, and I am going to talk about a. I want to talk about a film that I saw on Disney Plus, and this is a film called No One Will Save You. And it is, it's, the main thing about this film, and the headline about this film is that there is no dialogue in it whatsoever. So it, it, it oh, yeah, start the timer. Yeah, there, there is no timer in this, uh, there's no dialogue in this film whatsoever. You have Caitlin Deaver, who plays a character, oh, I can't remember her name, but she lives a very solitary life. You see her in the house, you see her like doing things by herself. She's making clothes that look like they're from the 50s and everything like that. She's dancing by herself. She is not really getting involved. Like, and she's, you see her, she sees a very solitary life. She goes into the town 
everybody in the town sort of like ignores her and just sort of shoots her dirty glances like what are you doing here and all that kind of stuff there's a bit where she goes into the town and somebody sees her she walks she comes face to face with somebody and she's about to say pretty much about the only words in the film and somebody spits in her face she she manages to go ah and then someone spits in her face and then you and this is so this starts off looking like quite frankly a film a bit like uh what's that name of that film with daisy edgar jones where she is in the marshes of cannot remember the name of the film but it starts to feel a a bit more like one of those films but then as you go along it gets a bit crazy and i feel like it is not a big spoiler to say it becomes an alien invasion movie so essentially in this film it's an alien invasion movie the aliens invade they come in there and it's all about this one woman trying to fight against the aliens and trying yeah where the crawdad sings it's it, it starts off looking a little bit like one of those sort of like where the crawdad sings films but then it, it it becomes an alien invasion movie and essentially and it's full-blown stuff like we're talking tractor beams we're talking men with we're talking like you know creatures with bulbous heads and long limbs and with and they all just sort of like and how they're trying to they're trying to capture everybody in this town and it's all about this one woman's survival so it's like a 90 minute survival what's the word I'm looking for, nightmare of this woman while she's trying to stop herself getting abducted by these aliens. And as this going along, they are, they are seeding in like things about her character and things about her life and explaining why is it that nobody talks to her or why is it that she lives on her own or why is it that she seems very, very isolated. And it works very well because bearing in mind this is a film in which there isn't a word said. There is literally no word. There is no dialogue in this film whatsoever. It actually works quite well because it's just sort of like action set piece after action set piece after action set piece. And then with a little bit of like, you know, character work and everything like that, where they explain what goes on and what, what she's going on in there. And it's, I, I think it's almost, it's, it feels like they made this film as an experiment where they were like, can we make a film where nobody says anything for a while? And let's see how long we can keep it going. Let's see how long we can keep it going. Let's see how long we can keep it going. It has, it leans into quite a few of the sort of alien abduction or alien invasion tropes. But this time, obviously, nobody's saying anything at all that. And it's, I, I really like this. I thought it was quite good. The ending is a little bit divisive because the ending kind of like makes you go, wait, but if that's the case, if that is that, and I think there's some people who will, who will see the ending and will be like, yeah, good on her, yeah. And there's some people who are going to be like, no, that, no, no, that's just messed up. That is, that is just messed up. But I thought it was actually really, really well done. I think if you've seen an alien invasion film, it's kind of like imagine War of the Worlds, but everything is set in the farmhouse in that that farmhouse scene. And I thought um, Caitlin Diva was brilliant. Bearing in mind that she doesn't say a word throughout the whole film, you get exactly what's going on. She does it very very well. I think it's a really really well made film. I would recommend that you go see it, and I would give it a four out of five. But it's Ooh. yeah, but I, I I think it it's intriguing because it's kind of like a film in which they say nothing. There's no no things whatsoever. Uh, there are some questions because there's no exposition. So they don't tell you, well, here are the aliens, and the aliens want to get this because their home world has been devoid of water. There's none of that in there. So there's some bits where you're like, okay, so what happens there? What happens there? Why does that happen? And I think they do a good job of some of sometimes telling you, sometimes just being ambiguous. But yeah, four out of five for no one will save you. Wow. And we have like a, we have about 50 seconds for any questions. Okay, yeah. So what do the aliens look like? Are they like 
the, the aliens look like aliens. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, as, as, as in like the greys or as in... The greys. The, the greys. I, yeah. I, th I think, yeah. uh, I think they, they've, it seems like they made a very fundamental decision to keep the aliens looking like you would expect aliens to look like oh, yeah. like, the, like, like you know you know you know the the stereotypical like paul yeah essentially like paul yeah. like the stereotypical 1950s they've come to earth and everything that that's that's exactly what the aliens look like yeah. i mean there there are Price some there's some changes because some are bigger and some are smaller and everything like that but the basic alien looks like a movie alien yeah. Right, right. Yeah, like you'd expect an alien. Like you'd expect. Um, and they, they, they do a little bit like the way the aliens communicate, is a, it's a bit different. And the, the way they communicate, it, it sort of adds, reaches more questions for the storyline and everything like that. But it's, it's, um, uh, it's quite good. Um, I, I quite liked it. And Sean, I would be intrigued to see what you would think if you could find well, Disney I, I, Plus. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll have to see. Yeah, I'll ask, I'll ask, um, I'll ask uh, Dan if I can. Yeah. If he can. If I can lie on his bed and watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I don't I, yeah because I reckon that, I reckon that if you if you uh, uh, I would be intrigued to see what you, you what you think about it because I think it's quite effective but um, I'll be intrigued to see what you thought about it right so four stars for no one will save you and now for probably what is going to be the most unique film that we're going to talk about this week mm -hmm. it is poor things <laughs> So things, four things. Yes. This is it, Sean saw this in the cinemas. This was the film that I was trying to get to go to the cinemas before I realized, oh no, you're a dad of two people now. That means you don't get to do anything you like. You're housebound. I'm pretty much I'm pretty much housebound. It's like it's it's actually crazy trying to see. Oh, I could go there. I could go there. I could go there, and then something happens, and then somebody throws up, and then someone gets an ear infection, and someone someone like and it has a snotty nose, and it just it just kind of like I'm like, and that's what I'm as I said on the WhatsApp group. I'm beginning to despair. I'm beginning to think, well, am I ever going to make it to the cinema again? But yeah. if I had, this is the film I would have chosen to see because this is Emma Stone being talked about for all the awards for her performance in this film, and what what I've heard about this film, Sean, is that it's essentially about they they put the they put the brain of a baby in the body of a grown woman mm. and then things ensue. <laughs> so things tell ensue, us indeed, tell it? us tell us about this. Okay, so yeah, so basically this uh, that's basically the story is that um, and so it starts off you've got uh, William Defoe and he's played this great he's pretty grotesque himself he's obviously something he's a surgeon he's a he's a real prominent surgeon and he can do all these all these uh yeah I've, you know, I've, I've seen the pictures he has like scars on his face and everything yeah, like that yeah and it, yeah he's yeah, totally, yeah he's he's totally butchered anyway so so this girl and uh yeah so he's got the babies and as the film progresses she gradually be get becomes a bit more coordinated to start off with she's very uncoordinated and and um yeah because she's pretty then, much a baby yeah pretty much a baby now ready to surgeon he wants to he he, he gets his chap who's an assistant to come and, and observe uh, observe what's going on with, yes. with the girl and um, you know make notes and all that and then he's decided that oh he's, he will you know he's going to marry her because obviously mm. she's a grown woman yeah um, and then then the guy turns up that like a lawyer guy and he really sort of they run off together and they go that, that's this, played this, by Mark Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo you've got him yeah, yeah. He's, he's like the lawyer and he goes away and Gradually, she she begins to learn more things, and she picks up more things, and she, um, you know, as as the film progresses. So after they get off this cruise, they've got no money. She basically meets meets a uh, um, a couple of people and sees this poverty thing. And Mark Ruffalo's just run like 
shed loads of money and yeah, yeah, yeah. She gives it. She gives it all away, and so he's got no money. So he's got, <laughs> and they end up a bit dropout. So she becomes. She, they end up in Paris. So they've been all around this place, Rome. Anyway, they end up in Paris. She becomes a, a lady of the night to get oh, money right. and all that, and quite enjoys it. Yeah. So, um, and then she gets loads of money, and then she gets this this card that the 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 professor, the surgeon is is um, is gonna die. Anyway. So that's yeah, basically yeah. the story. It's like her, the adventures of her and and her learning and meeting people and, yep. and discovering. So the way that I was thinking, the way I would sum this up is, it's uh, eighteen rated Wes Anderson movie. I would say <laughs> that's, that's 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 the way I would put it. It's very sort of fantastical, and there's um, some of the dialogue, and it. Um, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, sex and bedroom rollicks in this. A lot. We're talking practically through the most of the film. It's uh, especially when she's with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, it's basically all the way through. You know, when when they're on the cruise and when everything else and that, and when she becomes a lady of the night. And so, so when you say, when you say that, when you say a lot, a lot, you make it sound like like a full blown porno or something. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. A Wes, Wes Anderson porno. <laughs> so um, yeah. Uh, that's 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 sort of that's that's basically how I put it. I mean, there are some great characters in there. There's some great characters in there. I mean, she meets an old lady, um, and who who's just as you know, real potty mouth, which is really good. And yeah. some of the char- some of the characters in the in and so, some of the characters in Paris are yeah, yeah. There's some great characters in this. There's some great characters in this. The visuals are are pretty bizarre. It's like almost like like paintings you know with the yes with the, yeah yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah skies and things and um, yeah so yeah but yeah it just reminded me but yeah I, that's that's exactly i would call this uh uh wes anderson porno movie um <laughs> you know with the <laughs> so yeah uh um but the, the characters are pretty good i quite like the mark ruffalo character the I forget what his name is called or whatever, but um, yeah, because, he, seems, he seems like a bit like they will call him like a rakish cad. A rakish cad. He's a rakish cad. He goes, oh yes, you know, I've had lots of things come away like that. And but he's he sort of he, he she has this. She really people sort of become really fat, infatuated with her, and she's yeah. But she's she's very very matter of fact. You know, she's like, oh yeah, let's do this. Will you, will you, you know, do exercises on the bed with me and all that? So she's got <laughs> she's got no. She's got no modesty, if you like. She's got no, um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, and for me, really, I this could have done with being a little bit shorter. I think. Okay. I did, again, you know, like sometimes these things. Uh, it's quite funny. The latest things are like I'm not going. I think it could have been shorter. I mean, yeah. I, I did quite enjoy it, but it had lulls, and um, visually, it was great. There were some great characters in it. It was it was good acting. Um, but it wasn't like, wow, it wasn't like, wow. Yeah. So for, for a Wes, Wes Anderson porno movie, I'm going to give this one a three star. A three star. So because yeah. the thing is, this is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. I believe that's how you say his name. And he is known for 
essentially being weird, <laughs> quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he he did Lobster. That was the Colin Farrell movie where if you don't find your soulmate by a certain time in life, you turn into a lobster. He did The Favorite. He did, uh, and so and he 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 does not do straightforward. I think I think no, I, no, no. he does not do straightforward, and he sounds like he's the he's the right kind of person for this. I mean, we had super fan Nina, so a friend Nina, friend of the show Nina Ramtula, and she went to see this film, and she just sent me a message saying, "I'm seeing poor things tonight. I'm scared." <laughs> and, oh, right. and, and okay. I was like, "Yeah, with that director, I, th- I think you should be. I think, I think, <laughs> quite frankly, I, th- I think going into a Yorgos Lanthimos movie being scared is a is probably how he would want you to feel about it." And she, her, her review, her two line review of it is good, but very, very strange. I strange, <laughs> and she says, "I strangely love it," and. Uh. Yeah, and, and I feel like this is the kind I I really want to see this film. I really want to see this film, not just because of the Wes Anderson porno idea, because it's it's, it's a kind of film that sort of it's you know remember when like when Mother was released, and it's a kind yeah, of film yeah, that yeah. I think will split people down the middle. That would be Definitely. like, is it good? Is it bad? We don't know. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it both at the same time? That and and I I want to see it, especially because people have been the the, the thing that worries me is that people have been raving a lot about Emma Stone's performance and. Mm. Usually, when people rave about something like that, I end up disappointed because almost as if mm. like I go in there and I'm like, what, 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 yeah. what. So, but, but I do want to see it because it's a kind of film that everybody is talking about. Everybody's talking about the moment. Oh my god, poor things. Oh my god, Emma Stone. Oh my god, this and everything. And I want to see what the whole what the fuss is about. So uh, it will it will be it will be key to see that. But you say three stars for the Wes Anderson porno. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wonder why they didn't put that on the on the poster. <laughs> it's like a porno directed by Wes Anderson. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> All right, cool. And now we go back to Netflix and Friends. And I am going to be talking about a show, an animated show on Netflix called Blue Eye Samurai. Ooh. Yes, Blue Eye Samurai. So, uh, oh yeah, Holly says she's going to be watching Poor Things on Sunday. And um, Holly, yeah, you go there. You you watch Poor Things on Sunday, and then next week you can come back and you can tell mm. us exactly what it is that you think and what your what your take on on Poor Things is. Because I think that there are something, there are some, there is. Oh, let me. Okay, I was, let, let me let me pause the time on <laughs> what I was going to. Because I think that there there are some things in this film that um, there's themes in this film that I think hits different for women than do for men like mm. yeah I, I feel like there's there's some, there's some sort of things like because i know sean you you if if you i think you don't you're not particularly um into the philosophical ooh, what does this whole thing mean of the film and everything like yeah, you're kind yeah. of like you're, you're kind of like the entertained kind of thing i know like yeah. holly you might be a little bit more into the ooh, look at this ooh, oh that was a that was a comment on the patriarchy so so i would be interested for you to actually have a look uh, have a look at this film and yeah, and we'll hear your, your thoughts about it next week. But let's see. What was I going to talk about? I was talking about Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix. Samurai, yeah. Yeah, so Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix. Sean, I think that this would be at least partly right up your street. Because this show starts off, and it starts off telling you a little bit of the history of Japan. And it says that in a time period, I cannot remember what century it is, there was a bit where Japan closes borders and kicked everybody that wasn't Japanese out. So kicked all of the white people out of Japan. But this, the, the story about this is, is a one character, one character who is a samurai that you meet at the beginning of the show, uh, beginning of the story, voiced by Maya Erskine. And this character is the, um, this character is uh, the child of 
one of the white people who was in Japan and okay. a Japanese woman. So this child grows up with blue eyes. So obviously, once they see the eyes, they're like, oh my God, you, you're a monster. You're not really Japanese. All that kind of stuff. And has that throughout their whole life. Has that throughout their whole life. And even when they're, they're kids, like you have the scenes where like you have kids chasing this other kid and throwing stones at them and trying to beat them up for being a monster and all that. And so like, why don't you just kill yourself? Um, because you don't really have a place here. So this, it ends up growing older. And in a very kind of, I I think it's, it's kind of like a, a a sort of Japanese storytelling trope. I'm not sure. Is it Bushido? Bushido sort of like stories or something? Bushido, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shinto, Bushido, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's like it, the whole thing where she, where, where, um, you know, they end up with working with a person who makes swords. So there's this blind guy who makes swords and makes like, you know, that like everybody comes around the land wanting a sword made by this, made by this, uh, by the person that they call sword father. It's like they, everybody wants this sword. Ends up working as an apprentice there and then works as an apprentice and trains. Everybody comes in there to get a sword, learns something from everybody that comes to get a sword. And then event, in the end, the whole driving thing of the story is I want to go out there and I want to go find the man who made me and the find the man who abandoned me and kill them. That is, oh, and, wow. and so the whole yeah. thing becomes a quest about I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find the white, because I heard that there's four white men left in Japan. There's four white men left in Japan. We need to find all these four white men and kill them because we've got to find the person who made me. We've got to find the person who made me a monster. Get rid of him. And that is, there's eight episodes and it just follows through the whole thing. Follows through the quest of how are we going to do this? What are we going to do this week? And obviously there is like, you know, there is pretty much like the... This is set in feudal Japan, so I'm not so sure if they had if they were called yakuza then, but like one of the gangs, the organized crime gangs, who are like, okay, cool, this person coming, go kill, go kill them. And every episode, there's like you know one person trying to go there, get the blue eye samurai, and largely failing, yeah. <laughs> largely failing. There's a lot of blood, there's a lot of limbs flying around. But something that I like about you is that this character is not Jason Statham in the Beekeeper, so this character does not escape unscathed from a whole bunch of these things that there's actually there's large swathes of episodes that are dedicated to recovery after a fight <laughs> it's like recovery after a fight there's characters like um they they she uh, meets a character that has no hands that has no hands that ends up becoming almost like wants to be an apprentice just so sort of follows her around and says, oh yeah master can i do this oh i'll be your apprentice do you want to do this i want to be a great samurai like you <laughs> and everything like Toast, toast. Yes. Is it is it very like adult in the way of like is there like the splashy blood like the like the blood it spattering is, and stuff it is very and, adult like, manga stuff yeah it is very right, adult yeah. yeah there is blood everywhere yeah. there is spray yeah. there's fountains that fountains of the stuff yeah oh that sounds right up my street then yeah yeah, yeah I like so, those sort of sort of sort of movies yeah essentially you you know the you know the crazy eighty eight scene in Kill Bill. Kill Bill, yeah. I was thinking when you were saying about swords, I was thinking about the hands, oh, the Abu Hands and swords. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you, you know how in 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 um in Kill Bill, so obviously Tarantino is making he made it as almost like a like a love letter or like a tribute to I think a lot of, a lot of Asian cinema, especially Japanese cinema. So yes, there's all these tropes. Yes. There's all these tropes of going there to go get a hands or sword, going there to go get the training, going there to. The, and these these are they're apparent in this as well there's the whole sort of like geysers of blood that come out and all that the action is for for something that's animated the action is actually really 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 well done the action is like you can like it's you can see what they're doing and you can see that they've taken 
they've painstakingly animated these fight scenes so you can see what's going on you can tell what's going oh, on you can tell. yeah so it's it's actually it's, it's actually really well done the problem for me is and i was enjoying this the whole way through the problem for me is the end and one of my bugbears at the moment is stories that don't end or <laughs> stories that don't have a satisfying ending and the the way they end it it's it, it ends in a very kind of like what happens next come back for season two and i and i hate that i i i'm like okay fine have a season two i don't have a problem with that but finish the story you're telling me oh, yeah 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 <laughs> finish the sure, story sure. you're telling me before you go on to something else and don't try and tell me come back for the next thing or, no just finish the story you're trying to tell me right now and it's and it and the end really did infuriate me because it's, it's a bit like, I remember when watching Silo, I got to the second to last episode and I was like, they're not going to finish this, are they? They are not going to finish wow. this story. They're going to try and drag it out. And the way they try and drag it out, and what they try and, what they try and promise that is coming next does not intrigue me. It does not intrigue me. So I might, uh, things will have to change for me to come back and watch season two. But wow. I really, really enjoyed seven out of eight episodes of this. I was like, this is good. This is great. I like where this is going. It has a brilliant cast. It has Kenneth Branagh playing, uh, voicing one of the characters. It has Masioka from Heroes. It has, wow. it, it's, a, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good cast. It, there's great stuff in there. There is some stuff that might actually have some themes because there's a character you meet who's kind of like a princess and is being sold into marriage, so to say, to sort of like, do like a political alliance between her family and another family, family and yeah. she actually gets a storyline that i think is quite intriguing and how she goes about it and how she decides i'm going to try and get some agency for myself so i would give this re up until the final episode it was a four i think i would have to give it a three because this last episode and where the last episode goes really really did annoy me so, oh, right. okay. yeah. you see that's funny isn't it because like back to monarch legacy of monsters the last episode really got it drag, dragged dragged it know, up, yeah, yeah, dragged it up again, you know. So, yeah, yeah, well, oh, this one, cool. I think, I think the last episode drags it down a bit. It's, it's just kind of like, I, 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 and I know it, maybe it's a Japanese thing because I do know that there's things like Bleach and manga, or anime rather, mm. and never-ending stories is part of it. <laughs> but this is, this isn't, this is kind of like it's very anime influenced but it is an American production. It's sort of like an American French production. So, but I'm like, yeah. Don't give me the never-ending story. Finish the story you're trying to tell me. So that's it. That is it for the films that we're going to talk about this week. And now all that is left to say is who do you think has won this week? Is it Netflix or is it cinema? I've got a feeling that Netflix has probably pipped it this week. Because I think okay. one of them got a four. So I think, I think, cin I think cinema is pretty average. Um, and Netflix, I think, got one four. So yep. I'm going to say Netflix... They're pretty, mean, pretty close, though. Yeah, they're pretty close. I mean, what I'll say is that it has not been a bad week. There's, there hasn't been anything that we've seen that we have hated. There hasn't been a night swim, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. There hasn't been a night swim, for instance. But the, the, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. But, Sean, you are right. No One Will Save You has just sort of pipped it, Netflix and Friends ahead with a four star. So we have an average of three in cinema and an average of 3.3 um, Netflix and Friends. Netflix well friends. done with Netflix and Friends. Well done. And yeah, but it's only because I couldn't get to the cinema because a kid pooped. That's, <laughs> that's why, if not. Uh, uh, and, but we will see what happens next week when Holly sees, sees poor things. Yeah. Right. Um, if you are listening to us on any sort of podcast 
platform of your choice, please do leave us a review. Please do get in touch with us. Netflix via cinema on, uh, on Twitter, Netflix via cinema um, on Facebook and on YouTube. And let us know what it is that you think. Get in touch. Um, tell us what your thoughts are about all these different films. It will be great to have a dialogue with yes. you. Unlike in No One Will Save You, where they decided no dialogue for anybody. <laughs> so until next week, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. And I'm sure and it's a goodbye, goodbye from, from me. From I'm, oh, I'm yes. here. I have seen the back. It's goodbye brilliant. from me as well. Uh, yes. Yes, and a goodbye from Holly.